0: Welcome to Liberty in America, past, present, and future with Dr. Bill Choby. Doc is a historian and a reenactor. On this show, you'll hear his thoughts about our personal liberties from their earliest recorded beginnings. You'll also be transported back to the 1750s to relive the life of Colonel George Washington and his adventures during the French and Indian War. Let's get started. Here's Dr. Bill Choby. Okay, here we are again. Dr. Bill Chowby calling here. We're talking about liberty in America past, present, and future. Uh, excerpts from my book and since we've com- concluded the last chapter on the last uh, podcasts, I want to take us in a little more in a contemporary direction. And I'm going to call this liberty lights. These are examples of daily examples, weekly examples of how our liberties have been affected across the United States in one way or another. And I think you'll, uh, over time, you'll tend to understand and perhaps agree with me that our liberties are, have been greatly threatened by not only federal government, but state government and even local governments and school boards. If you recall, the, the real thesis of all of this is that when might is right, people are in bondage. When right is might people are free when right becomes wrong we live in chaos and then our choice is either go back to might is right and be in bondage or to go back to right is might and be free this past week we've had an interesting um uh, series of stories a news stories that uh, had to do directly with our liberties that um I think we need to pay attention to. There's uh, some of it has to do with the uh, extent of the administrative state to uh, extend into our lives. And uh, the most significant of all this this past week was that when the Supreme Court of the United States ruled 9-0 unanimously on an EPA waters rule and which essentially was that the EPA uh, decided that on their own that they were going to continue to expand their influence over private property under the guise of protecting the environment according to the Clean Water Act. So this was a challenge by a private individual, uh, two of them that uh, felt that this puddle in their backyard that came after a heavy rain that uh, it would then eventually run into a ditch which ran into a creek, which ran into a river, which ran into the, into the ocean. Uh, that that somehow or another was enough to keep uh, to allow the EPA to classify their backyard as a wetlands, and because it was wetlands, then that changed what they could do with their property, as well as um, the extension of the federal government into that uh, their their private property. Remember, the Fourth Amendment protects uh, a in, uh violations of privacy. Well, the property's privacy too. So they uh, the, these people uh, sued, and they alleged that their property was not waters of the United States. So now, the uh, in the past, courts split an analysis of how the federal government should define a water source under the Clean Water Act. Clean Water Act goes back to the 70s. This was a spinoff that came out of the original Earth Days. And it's had a very wide-ranging uh, effect, uh, particularly on farmers, uh, who's uh, had to limit the use of fertilizer even uh, uh hundreds if not thousands of miles away from the source of the water that the EPA was uh supposedly regulating so the um uh this uh case that came up again 90 it uh it forced uh the EPA to define what was uh the uh waters of the United States uh being Essentially navigable waters, uh, but the uh, to put it into a temporary wetlands after a, uh, a hard rain was simply uh, much even for the most liberal members of the court to uh, to view. So this was a, a real big win for uh, the uh, twenty six states that uh, filed Amicus briefs in support of these people. But remember, these people had to put up personal post tax dollar cash to hire attorneys and to defend themselves against the uh, never-ending funding source of the EPA using our tax dollars to fight with those people. And this is a real gist of my complaint about the administrative state is that if it's not even a fair fight. If it were, you, you know, the people that were uh, taking on the government would at least have some way to get their cash back or get some kind of support. Oftentimes there are, are uh Groups of uh, funding mechanisms like GoFundMe that that uh, come alive when these uh, issues become real hot button nationally that, that support these people, but it's all they're all using post tax dollars to fight the, the our tax dollars of the federal government. Whether it's at the federal level, state level, or local level, the story is the same: it's private dollars fighting government dollars, which is our money too. So in this case, it showed that there was um, the EPA. Had exceeded their authority, and that um, it, it really shut them down. This has been going on for quite a long time, and this was a, a very encouraging um, a constraint on the use of a bureaucracy to grow beyond their original statutory intent. Uh, and they all do it; they all really do it. Now, in another case, it had to do with the uh, environment. This was uh, uh, something about uh, environmental justice. Now, remember the idea of mixing environment uh, issues and justice issues is like apples and oranges and as i said before when you mix apples and oranges you get a fruit salad well this is a real fruit salad that they're trying to turn into a racial issue so Louisiana came along and they said, you know, this, uh, the ever expanding federal government, uh, is just coming into where it's not only is it just about the environment, uh, but it has to do with this idea that there's some type of, uh, injustice tied to environmental actions. And of course, in Louisiana, when this happened, uh, their the petrochemical industry is, is, uh, well, it's, it's their lifeblood down there. So in this case, it challenged again the EPA, and the EPA was opposed to state permits uh, granted in uh, 2020 uh, to two facilities in, in uh, St. John's Parish, Louisiana. And the, the EPA argued that the permitting process violated the federal and racial discrimination statutes. So see, here's this is where the environmental justice stuff comes in. It's really insane. So saying that activities would be perfectly lawful under environmental law are now threatened because the EPA believes those actions incur proximate, proximate to the wrong racial groups. Isn't that amazing now? They're using the environment to turn this into a racial issue. Well, you know what they do in this, because everything is racial when it comes to uh, uh, this government today. It's all about supposedly... You know, equity, but there's a bunch of garbage, a bunch of nonsense. So, when they're taking to the court over this, uh, again, they have to put their apples and oranges together. And I seriously doubt that the um, the court's going to uh, rule in favor of the EPA. It's just it it just creates this this whole nonsense about uh, 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 one group versus another. And in, in essence, it violates the Civil Rights Act, the very act that was supposed to to de Discriminate and take away racism in America. Now, this um, uh, this this thread uh, or this these uh, methods of using uh, past uh, plannings or past uh, government policies to claim racism now that they're already gone is also used by uh, uh, Secretary of Transportation Buttigieg, who claimed that highways were racist because they ran through uh, communities of color, and of course, the highways were built in many cases long before the uh the communities of color quote unquote appeared so this is how the administration is using to you know, mix apples and oranges in order to confuse people and push their uh their agenda of uh, uh basically permanent power let's not kid around with this these people are interested in staying in power forever they've had the, the advantage of 40 years of uh the Democrat uh, control before Newt Gingrich came along in 1994, we were able to stop that with a contract with America. But they're back. These people are career uh, politicians. They're they're of the guardian classes. They feel and they're going to do what they want to do. And part of this is to push the race a uh, racial issue as far as they can in order to gender as much uh, support as they can. And here it is: the abuse of the bureaucracy to, to promote those kinds of ideals when things the EPA was supposed to be concerned entirely with the environment and not with these racial issues. Now, another case that uh, caught my attention had to do with a 94-year-old grandmother. She got a win before the U.S. Supreme Court. Now You can only wonder, what are they doing bothering a 94-year-old grandmother? Well, and again, she had to use her own money to fight this fight, but this was... uh, a woman who had uh in Minnesota, Minnesota's grandmother and she uh, had her condo seized over an unpaid tax debt, so the state then sold the property and kept all the sales proceeds, which was far more than what she actually owed and so it was uh, the debt was around fifteen thousand dollars, the penalties interest, et etc, and the home that was sold for forty thousand under the uh Minnesota Overture laws, the county kept the surplus uh to the two hundred twenty five thousand dollars now to many people twenty five thousand dollars may not seem like a whole lot when you consider what it's going to take to fight this to the Supreme Court, but to this woman, it was everything she owned, and uh i I really applaud her for for taking them on like this so uh, fortunately, she was able to get some good lawyers and they um argued that the government violated the Fifth Amendment uh, Takings Clause when they they confiscated her property. It was more than the the debt owed by the owner. But here's the sad thing is that we've got lower courts ruled against her. What's the matter with these people? The Supreme Court then unanimously sided with her. And she, as I said, she had a valid claim under the Takings Clause. Uh, Excuse that noise, that was my dog. He happened to suddenly jump up he heard something outside uh, but but you see how this how sad this is this is this woman's property and, and 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 not to make it racial but she she was a woman of color but to think that this is uh, something that the, the the local government state government and the local court lower courts would actually think it's fair it just shows you how corrupted and how uh, immorally deficient our government and our and our lower judges have become (laughs) we should be grateful that we have some clear-minded people in the Supreme Court and of course you know the left wants to go and change that by adding more justices and of course you know that whole scenario was to make this kind of thing possible so I applaud this woman this uh grandmother from Minnesota for taking on task of these people of the state and she ultimately won so she got twenty five thousand dollars of her money back i just hope it wasn't totally spent on attorneys that others uh, fit in and, and uh, helped her out because it, that's a really a landmark kind of decision that uh, would would help uh many other people who are in in that sort of situation so thank you supreme court for doing the right thing for this woman now let's move on to uh what the united nations is doing this is sorta of, uh this is nuts. This that's all there is. It's just nuts. Here we have the uh first of all, we shouldn't even be in the United Nations anymore. They're no longer about us. They're about taking us down. They want to go and extend their authority and their, their jurisdiction and sovereignty over what we're doing in this country. And that it just doesn't work. We should totally defund these people. It's a joke. But now they're pushing this idea. Of course they're they're calling for um these in this uh International Women's Day, they have had a report they released that had to do with the uh, criminal laws regarding sex with minors. These are kids under 18 years old. So essentially, you know, sex with this would be statutory rape. But here they're, they're pushing for a, a legal framework to protect, uh, pedophiles and prostitutes. This, uh, in this document, there were, uh, they, they are calls for decriminalization of prostitution and the total legalization of abortion. Now, in a way, with the Democrats today, and many of the Democrats, the more extreme ones, believe that abortion should be available at any time during a pregnancy. And some have gone as far as to say that you should have a right to post-birth abortion, if you will, up to a month, in other words, infanticide, up to a month after a child is born. Again, the moral: uh, these people are morally deficient. And uh, this is a clear example of just how far off base they have come. Away from basic human dignity and human values, but to have the UN go in here and stick their nose in this sort of thing—they're saying that as long as it's consensual sex conduct, that it doesn't matter how old the person is. There's there's no minimal age for it. Well, that's absurd. It's just like this transgender stuff that you know—you can't you know, kids can't get their ears pierced unless they're. Have parental consent uh, up to 18 years old but yet they can go and have all these crazy sex change operations that are permanent and my take on all of this is that uh, because of the abortion pill the uh, number of abortions that uh, these uh planned parenthood centers and hospitals are doing has dropped so much i think they said five million uh, abortions were done with the pills Rather than with the procedures, and that means less money in the pocket of this uh, abortion industry. And so, the next step, of course, was to get uh, a whole generation of youngsters uh, onto this ge- uh, gender uh, change uh, business, with with uh, uh, different surgeries, of radical mastectomies and little girls, and um, the um, different ways to. How uh, am I going to say this? I thought it was getting nasty <laughs> um the, the, they're basically making them sterile, but what they don't tell you in a lot of this stuff is that these people uh, that have are ongoing through this transition uh have to keep keep taking medicines the rest of their lives in order to to keep their the bodies under their the the kind of control into the whatever sexual um uh, gender they wish to be so that that what that means is big bucks for for these people and who are in the abortion industry so they're not making money on abortions so much anymore because there aren't as many of them but they are making big bucks on this transgender stuff and and the fact that they those people now are are, are patients or their cl- clients for life uh with the medications that they're taking it's just it's just horrible it's just you know, you, you think you only read about this stuff in pagan societies, but here we are. This is the U.N. That's why I say we ought to just get rid of these guys. And the last one I want to talk to you about today is has to do with a, a professor. And uh, this professor uh, was at the Michigan State uh, University. And the classroom, uh, the, the professor was literally uh, trying to force Christian students to fund Planned Parenthood. And unfortunately, we have some people with backbone and it's usually people of faith that uh, that you find uh, that are taking on these tasks. But this uh, can you imagine they're paying tens of thousands of dollars to go to universities as opposed to get a degree and they get they're told that they have to go and uh, give money to Planned Parenthood because uh, that's that's a good thing, a morally good thing to do why would a, a, a business professor even discuss these sorts of things is beyond me but we know that the uh, what's happening with a lot of the, the the companies that have gone woke that they're using their investments of, of people who buy stock in them they're using those investments to pursue, or to forward or, or support the woke agenda and um, there's a growing number of people who are a are resu- are resulting in lawsuits against these uh, companies who are not interested in their stockholders, but they're in and, and the reason they have stockholders is to make money and you can't blame them. That's how it goes. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but for them to use money, uh, other people's money to forward an agenda that doesn't bring the same return uh, on the investment is really uh, sad. So this word is getting out on some of these companies. They, uh uh, people are backing off and they're moving their stocks and their investments away from them. But uh, here's yet the latest example of how the uh, far left uh, uh, community in, in the universities uh, are trying to go and to force their values onto another generation of people, which includes the you know, the whole idea of parent, Planned Parenthood, which is to, uh, to kill babies. Remember what we said about this originally. Uh, Planned Parenthood was started to get rid of black babies, and the black babies born in New York City uh, are less than those by uh, killed by abortions. Sad to say, and so if that isn't racist, I don't know. But Planned Parenthood's just know, a piece of work, so I can say. And uh, the the last thing I wanted to bring up was that, and this is it sort of ties it all together. Department of Homeland Security, Federal Department of Homeland Security, they've been using our money, the Biden administration, insists, and that actually really goes back to uh, Barry Obama, you know, Barry Soweto, who called himself Barack Obama, uh, the uh, accidental president, if you will. But they, he had the uh, the idea that he wanted to fundamentally change America. And how he's doing it is through the bureaucracies. So the, the bureaucrats are highly protected through civil service laws. And the president gets to pick somebody who ups, uh, sits on top of the, the secretary of the departments. And they have, of course, enormous sway of what goes on down the line on that bureaucracy. So in effect, it's a very subtle way, a very covert way For the uh, obama biden administration to push their agenda uh into the uh, the the community at large and this example is probably the most egregious i've seen yet department of homeland security funneled four hundred forty million dollars into anti-terrorist programs and uh weaponized uh, a program called uh, of course you know when they call these things something it always sounds good they called it Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program. And it was, the idea was that they were going to find all these gangs and t- terrorists within. These are domestic terrorists, quote, you know, the, the ones that they are always talking about that are white supremacists. You know, of course, the Black Lives Matter, they're not terrorists. And, of course, Antifa is not terrorists. But, um, you know, people that are white and Christian are are terrorists for some reason. And it's pretty easy to understand why uh, the federal government, which is an immoral uh, uh, dog and pony show uh, and intent on subduing uh, the uh, American people to their way of uh, moral standards, you know, the might versus right kind of thing. And this is yet another way to do it. So they they put uh, 85000 to $1.9 million, excuse me went into this uh, supposedly free speech uh, process. But it, essentially, though, and even though it sounded good, the uh, money went to political opponents. And the weaponization of, of the federal government is just really scary. In uh, in Ohio, the University of Dayton received, uh, what, 350 thousand uh, dollars to establish this uh, uh, Prevents OH, or Prevents in Ohio, I assume it is, against domestic violence, extremism, and hate. And part of that was to include uh, a pyramid of far-right radicalization, which identifies the uh, violent extremists, aim to include or, or to suppress Christian Broadcast Network, the Heritage Foundation, Fox News, Turning Point, Prager U, National Rifle Association, Breitbart News, the American Conservative Union Foundation, and even a Republican National Committee. I mean, think about this. They're using our tax dollars to get rid of their political enemies to push this radical agenda, which is to fundamentally change America into essentially a democratic, uh, a tyranny or Democrat uh, tyrants uh, with they themselves in charge uh, to tell us how to live and what we have to put up with, including infanticide and all the other goofy stuff they come up with. So here it is. This is uh, extremely disturbing, but again, you see, the people that are opposing this liberal agenda are Christians, the people of faith, Judeo-Christian tradition. That's, that's America. And those of us who, uh, those of you who are listening to this, at some point in time, you have to take a stand on where you're going to be with this. If you're going to put up with this kind of nonsense by supporting that, the Democrat party, uh, we can expect to see more and more of our liberty go away. Now, I, know we, I said many times before that when might is right, we live in bondage. Well, I don't particularly like the idea of living in bondage. But uh, this is going to take a, a massive uh, uh, effort by all Americans through, who finally realize that enough is enough. They've crossed the line. They're now, they're immoral. They're, they're basically, we're a Christian country being ruled by pagans. And we have to take a stand. So now what are we going to do? Well, I can assure you there's one way that we can shut this whole thing down. And I'm not saying this to sound like I'm radical, but I'm saying this is a very effective solution. These people only understand one thing and that's power. So we must take the power away from them. How do we do that? Pretty much very simple. Just never vote for a Democrat. Just, we'll just shut down the Democrat party by with a boycott every election. I don't care whether it's dog catcher or president. No Democrats. You do a few cycles like that and these people are going to wake up real fast so as they fall out of power. So. There's just a couple examples we talked about tonight. I want to put together these uh, hopefully every week as I, I scan through the news looking for threats to liberty, whether it be property or personal freedoms. And I want to bring that to you to, to draw attention and focus on to what we need to keep in mind about why America is great and why our freedom, individual freedom, is so necessary that we take a stand against this, these government agencies who are coming to make their right on uh, their might are right and put us in bondage. Dr. Bill Choby signing off. Remember Liberty in America, past, present, future. You can find that at Liberty, or Dr. Bill Books.com. and uh, my podcasts are there as well as some other information about the freedoms we face. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this session. Bye.